0: Well, <laughs> another episode for the week, like always. Welcome, everyone, to Conversation with Shelby Green. I'm your host, Shelby Green. Got some notes for my podcast today. We're going to do a little working, working, working. It's going to be a long episode like last week. Probably about an hour, hour and a half, somewhere around there. As I get like a swig of this water real quick for the working man. And just going to rock and roll with this one. You know, we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about NFL Week 2 Recap. And uh, I'm going to give you my top five biggest concerns My biggest wins of this past week as well As I go through the list And we're going to rock and roll first thing 1st we want to talk about the pit as I go through here I'm going to pull up the scores real quick I also want to thank everybody for last week's episode Download and share and whatever you want to do Obviously we got some more things to talk about later today But let's go ahead and get into it And we're going to talk about week two So look, first things first let's, talk about, let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers Against the Cleveland Browns on Monday night I'm going to get into this real quick. Steelers got the win like I thought they would. Um, Came out, played well. And defensively, they played really well all night, I thought. Also, first things first, I'm going to put a condolences out to to Nick Chubb. Um, Look, rivalry aside, I think Nick Chubb's a great running back. Uh, One of my favorite players in league to watch. I know as a Steelers fan, it sounds sacrilege. Chubb's a hell of a running back, and it's a damn shame. Um, I hate it for him. I hate him getting hurt like that. Um... But the Steelers got the win. Um, I will let you know this right here right now. You look at the stats right now. Kenny Pickett, 15-30, 222 yards, threw a touchdown, threw an interception, was sacked twice. Still can't get the running game going. Najee Harris, 10 carries for 43 yards. uh, Jalen Warren, 6 carries, carries, 2 yards. And, you know, negative yards versus Calvin Austin. And Kenny Pickett, 4 carries for negative 6 yards as well. So... One of those days where you just go, whatever, this is, you know, we can't run the ball, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Kenny Pickett made one big throw that night. It was 71-yard pass George Pickens for a touchdown that basically got us and got us the lead. And also defensively, want to give shout-outs to Quan Alexander. And I want to give a shout-out to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense in general. I really think the Pittsburgh Steelers have actually a pretty good secondary. I really think they have a really good secondary to the point where it could win some games. TJ Watt's incredible. Uh, I mean, there's nothing you can say what TJ Watt does. TJ Watt does more, and it is what it is. He's just a beast, a flat-out beast, and it, it, you can tell he is. Quan Alexander played his ass off. Holcomb played well. I also think Alex Highsmith showed up. Alex Highsmith has been balling, and it, it's 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 good to see. Glad to see Joy Porter Jr. Gander, make some plays. But the, my biggest takeaway from this is this and this is a concern for me and I'm going to put it for the Steelers why is Matt Kennedy still the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers look I know Kenny Pickett has played two really good defenses back to back weeks he's going to play the Raiders this week and we'll talk about that in a minute a little down the road but you cannot sit there and tell me that you really think this offense is going to work it's not the run blocking's horrible Najee can't find a hole to save his life Jalen Warren is fighting for every fucking scrimmage yards he can get I mean, look at this. George Pickens had four catches for one hundred twenty-seven yards. Jalen 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 Warren had four for sixty-six yards. Outside of that, Allen Robinson three had two catches for twelve yards. All, Calvin Austin one catch for ten yards. Mike Boykins one catch for five yards, and Matt Frybread had one catch for two yards. And then it, it just doesn't make sense. Like it does not make sense because the Steelers have talent. The Steelers have talent on both sides of the ball. The problem is, and I love Mike Tomlin, but this falls back on him, Tomlin. You are too loyal to some of your assistants. He needs to go. If they drop an L and have a bad offensive night against the Raiders, that Raiders defense is ass. It's ass. It's an it's an asshole, awful defense. And you tell me if you have an L like this against that defense, that I'll tell you, Matt Candy. I mean, on a third and one, he draws. He does a half a quarterback option play with Kenny Pickett picking up Kenny Pickett keeping the ball running i just don't know or how about this Najee Harris gets two big yards back to back gets a 21 yard gain a 14 yard gain get the ball to Warren gets three carries on a second and 7 then um gets to the second and 7 then on third and, on second and 7 you do a um a wide receiver sweep with Calvin Austin on the outside and gets fucking stuffed in backfield give me a fucking break man i i just don't I just don't care. I mean, I, they need to fire Matt Kennedy. I've been saying this, and I don't call people's jobs, but this is enough is enough. I'm tired of watching this shit, man. I've watched this shit for three fucking years. With this guy, He needs to go. He needs to go. Back to the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson looks like he is just not into it. He looks out of sync. Still, the whole rust thing. Well, wait till he knocks the rust off. We've got a whole offseason. season. It's been two games. Deshaun Watson has not looked good at all. Uh, Ford came off the bench and ran well. The Steelers ran gave us some rushing yards. I mean, they're gonna get some rushing yards with uh when you got guys like Nick Chubb who had before he went out with 10 carries, 64 yards, tearing us, he was tearing us up. But here's the thing you look at the weapons that the, the Browns got. They got Njoko at tight end, they got Amari Cooper, they got uh, uh, uh Peoples Jones. They got weapons. They have weapons to throw the ball around to. And Deshaun Watson, now it's on his shoulders. Because he don't have a safety valve, Nick Chubb. He's got to figure this out. He's got to wake up and man up and say, i got to get this done. So, so I'm happy with the Steelers getting a win. I'm glad we beat, We got a win in our first divisional game, divisional game in the AFC North. The AFC North is a little down to beat up with injuries. But a win is a win. Even though I'm not very happy, like you said, a win is a win. Since so we're going to just go down the total line real quick. <clears throat> Talk about the Saints and the Panthers. Um. Actually, you know, yeah. Let's just talk about it real quick. Then I'll start on schedule and work my way back up. But the Saints and the Panthers. Um, I think New Orleans is going to win their division. I think their division. We talked about the AFC North being beat up. The AFC. The NFC South is is god awful. It's not a great division. Um, I think that Derek Carr is doing okay. But it, this was more of a game of just defense. Just defensively, things. Just you know, the. I mean. Carolina, I like Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young has got a lot of has got a chance to do really well in this league. Um I think he, he has no if you really look at it, he has Hayden Hurst is a good solid tight end, Miles Sanders is running back, and Fedelin is his wide receiver. But outside of that, they don't have anybody really. And I think uh, Frank Wright, who I am a fan of, I, I think he's a good coordinator. I, he's a questionable head coach, but I, I think he could be a real good coordinator in this situation. I was kind of begging the Steelers to go grab his asses this season. But Bryce Young does some things that I don't, you know, he, he's a young rookie quarterback. He's very small. I think he has, um, he has a good arm, but it shows that he's struggling a little bit, you know, first couple games of the year. I mean, he plays New Orleans, who doesn't really have the best defense. He plays Atlanta last week, who I think does have a really good has a, has a good chance to have a really criminally underrated defense. At the same time, I look at Carolina, and just go, you know, they're a year they're gonna be this is gonna be a year or two rebuild. They got to take their time with this, but they also got they got a rookie quarter they got the number one pick quarterback, and they went with Bryce Young. Now we're gonna talk about rookie quarterbacks here as this, this as the this segment goes on. But I just think you need to get Bryce Young some help. And his offensive line. We talk about the Steelers. Offensive line is not the best either. So, New Orleans, I think. I want to see them tested. um, And that's about it. So, let's go roll down the list now. start this thing off with the Thursday night game. The Eagles Eagles against the Vikings. Now, I predicted. I remember correctly that. I said the Vikings would probably get their ass kicked. And I was dead ass wrong on this. I got to give Kirk Cousins some credit. Kirk Cousins is a pretty damn good quarterback. He doesn't have a running game. They just traded – the Rams just traded Cam Akers to the Vikings, so that might help, but they don't have a really good running back. Excuse me, guys, as, uh, as I look at it. But Kirk Cousins played extremely well, 31-44, to 364, four touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. I mean, he's got guys to throw the ball to. I mean, the Vikings did turn the ball over. They did turn the ball over four times in this game against the Eagles. They had every chance to win it. I mean, the, I mean Jalen Hurts played solid, I thought. Swift was really the big one. He ran his, ran the ball 28 carries for 175 yards. Um. Yeah, it was just one of them days, man. I, I think I think the Eagles are really good, and I think the Vikings are now 0-2. They're an 0-2 team to watch because they got next week. We're going to go through week three here and make some predictions. But I feel like the Vikings really need a running game. They got to help out Kirk Cousins. I put this all on him because he's played really well. He's played really well, in my opinion, and it's showing that they really need some help with the running back. Next game, the Raiders versus the Bills. Uh, I thought the Bills would win. I I picked the Raiders to win this to surprise everybody, and I was wrong. But the Raiders' defense is horrible. The Raiders' defense outside of Max Crosby, he there's not a single person on that defense that stands out. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo played well, played okay, I guess. 16 to 24, 185, threw a touchdown, threw a <laughs> threw an interception. Uh, Josh Jacobs ran the ball for nine carries for negative two yards. <clears throat> not really a good year, but Devonte Adams. He had eight targets, six catches, 84 yards. Jacobs caught some passes out of the backfield. Hunter Riffro didn't really get it. Got only one target. But the Bills played well. Um, they ran the ball. Uh, I mean, they got some running game. Cook ran the ball really well. Damian Harris had, ran the ball solid. They ran the ball really well in this. Opened up things. But at the same time, I'm just like, <clears throat> excuse me, Josh Allen, 31, a 37, 274, three TDs. Look, i look. I think the Bills made a st- they won a the game by four touchdowns. I'm not taking anything away from that. But at the same time, I still have my concerns with them and I'm going to stick with that. The Buccaneers versus the Bears. Justin Fields, I last week I took the Bears to task for not getting Justin Fields ready and it shows again this week. This Bear, the Chicago Bears are the worst team in the National Football League. They are the worst team in the National Football League. They might go back-to-back with number one picks. They are that horrible, and I'd expect this. D.J. Moore played well um, for him. I mean, he had six catches for 104 yards, so he's getting getting touches. He got touches this week. But at the same time, they're not running the ball well enough. They can't – Justin Fields has taken too long. He was sacked six times against the Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield looks like a star with the fucking – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this might be – the t- Tampa Bay might be the team. Them and Atlanta are going to be fighting New Orleans for a spot in the playoffs. They're going to be fighting for that divisional crown. But at the same time, Mike Evans did his thing. Godwin did his thing. But it, it, there's nothing that just stands out with what, you know it, – it, t- Yeah, Tampa Bay played well, but Chicago's fucking horrible. I mean, I, I, I well, the Ravens versus the Bengals. Lamar gets a win. Joe Burrow is supposedly out for. it is not healthy. Lamar, the Ravens' offense scares me. Um, I know the Bengals' defense is not really good, <clears throat> but I also believe that their their offense can't. I mean, Lamar, the the, the Ravens' offense is damn is really looking like a problem. <clears throat> that being said, looks like uh, Zay Flowers is going to be their number one. Aguilar played well. Fucking uh, OB, OBJ hurt his ankle. Bless his heart, can't stay healthy But they ran the ball really well Gus Edwards, 10 carries, 62 yards Lamar at 12 carries, 54 yards Hill, 11 carries, 41 yards So they balanced running all over With three. their three main sources of running right now The Bengals, Joe Mixon ran the ball well But the problem is, man, they just don't the, the, Like I said before When I was talking about the NFL on A couple weeks ago, before the season started I said the Bengals were going to fall off I thought their defense, losing Jesse Bates was big they don't have really a playmaker on defense. Eli Apple's okay, but he ain't really nothing to stand out at. And Mike Hilton's solid, but outside of that, they don't. They, it's just nothing there. And of course, you know you look at um, <clears throat> you know you look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow did not play. I don't think he was in training camp. He was injured. Guys, new contract. They didn't look well against week one. Against um, week one against um. um the Raven oh no, against the Browns, and then they lose the Ravens. So the Bengals start out 0-2 in division. Joe Burrow's going to be out for some weeks. So the Bengals might turn around. We're going to go through the, I mean, let's look at Cincinnati's schedule in the next coming weeks. Joe Burrow's supposed to be out. They're saying, as I'm waiting for my phone to boot. I mean, they got the Rams at home. Then they go at Tennessee, at Arizona. So the next three games, and then they, got, they play the Seahawks, and then they got a bye week in week seven. So their next four games, they might win two of them. Depends on what's going on. But at the same time, they're, they're struggling right now. And they gotta get healthy. Next game, Chargers versus the Titans. Tennessee gets the win here. Tennessee Hill played a lot better than did last week, I thought. Obviously, you look at Derrick Henry, 25 carries, 79 yards. I mean, they're gonna run him in the fucking ground. That's not really good. But at the same time. <clears throat> This goes more, and then Tennessee made plays to win this game. You look at the recap, I mean, Chargers played from behind, really, in this game. Tennessee came back and won it. <clears throat> but here's the thing. <clears throat> I look at the Chargers. There's no reason why that team should be 0-2. There's just no reason why. Justin Herbert, they don't have Ackler, They're beat up. But when is enough we're going to sit there and say, you know what, Brandon Staley, do you know what you're doing? Actually, do you really know what you're doing? Because this team, there's no reason why back-to-back weeks this defense is giving up these amount of points. I, Miami, I understand, man. I mean, they got, I mean, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tunga Tulloa, uh, Ramon Holmes. They got some guys, and I get it. The Titans, though, not knocking Tennessee. I'm just saying, offensively, you look at their talent, their challenge. Outside, their their whole thing is running the ball with Derek Curry. Now, Tannehill did play well, but you look at these numbers by Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill. Went 20-24 for 246 yards against y'all. Are you fucking kidding me? mm Next game is the Colts and the Texans. Look, I've said before, I'm an Anthony Richardson guy. I think he's money. But him getting hurt. Look, I know you're 6'4", 240, 250 pounds, dude, but you got to get down. You're in concussion protocol already. The Texans, CJ Stroud threw two touchdowns. They were in, they were in cleanup time. But there was nothing that made me say whatever. So the first showing of the rookie quarterbacks on each other, Richardson goes out, Minshew comes in and handles things, but they ran the ball well. But, you know, Zach Moss ran the ball well, but let's be honest, Houston, outside of Chicago, who's a worser team? The Arizona Cardinals, the Houston Texans, and the Chicago Bears are probably the three worst teams in the NFL right now. They're horrible. And it's just, it's just so whatever on that win. Seahawks and Lions, Seahawks are a team. The Seattle Seahawks, and we're going to talk about the Rams here in a minute, are probably the two teams – with them in the Rams that can challenge the 49ers of the division. Now they're not going to win that division, but they can challenge the 49ers. All offensively, Gino looked good. <clears throat> Gino looked really good. Got the ball out, made some big plays down the stretch. Was clutching overtime. Um, Jared Goff played well. I mean, it was just a great it was just a shootout between these two teams. Defensively it didn't matter. And at the same time, <clears throat> you know, I picked I picked the Lions to win this game. So I was wrong, but you know, hey, I mean, Geno Smith, there's a reason why he won. I think he. he I mean, there's a reason why Pete Carroll went with him and got rid of Russell Wilson. There was a reason. The Packer, I mean, sorry, the uh, the Chiefs versus the Jaguars and Chris Jones playing made a difference. Defensively, I think the Chiefs' defense is really good. They shut down the Jaguars in the red zone for tri- four trips. Couldn't get any offense going. Trevor Lawrence did not play well. Sunshine did not play really well at all. And... They couldn't really do anything. Christian Kirk did a good job getting out, but they neutralized Calvin Ridley, and it was a problem. Pat Mahomes, 20, Patty Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL, 29-41, 5 a, a touchdown and interception. Poncho ran the ball well, 12 carries 70, <clears throat> for 70 yards. But, you know, getting Travis Kelsey back in the offense, it matters. Kelsey played really well and got, got a touchdown. So, it's, it's like that. It, it just happens, guys. So, Packers and Falcons. I picked the Falcons to win this game. And I got uh, the first road game. I think I took the, pal- the Falcons. And Desmond Ritter didn't do anything really spectacular. But they ran the ball really well. And they created, you know, <clears throat> they, uh, they, they ran the ball really well. I mean, you look, they ran the ball for 211 yards. They ran the ball. They had – the Falcons had 78 plays to the Packers' 47. So, you had – 30 more plays, 31 more plays in the offense. And you look at the time possession 23 minutes to 36 minutes, running the ball, running the clock down. And you still, I mean, Green Bay still lost by one point. But you look at Jordan Love, fit 14 to 20, 25, 151. He threw three touchdowns. But, you know, it was main crunch up time. That they couldn't stop the run, and it showed. Giants and Cardinals, boy, the Cardinals came in tank right, man. My God. They came in tank right and came back and won. Uh, came back and won. They were down 38 to nothing. They were up 38 to nothing, the Giants came back and won. I mean, 28 to nothing the Giants came back and won. Um Giants are are a good solid squad with say they 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 can't the Giants are better than what they were week 1. They are. Daniel Jones got that money. He I mean, he played well. He got him behind, got him back in the game of one. But Arizona's horrible. Um Josh Jobs is your starting quarterback right now cuz Colin Murray's hurt. But at the same time, there's just it's just nothing about Arizona that stands out. They're one of the worst teams in the National Football League. And then, of course, we go to the Rams 49ers. Uh 49ers get the win here. The Rams look like they're the Rams look like they're back to playing well. I mean, 2 2 out well. My boy, seven catches for 77 yards. Nusha, 15 catches for 147. I want this wait till this offense gets Cooper Cutback. Matt Stafford, 34 55. He threw the hell out of the ball. But you know you had to do you have to do that. You can't run the ball really well against the 49ers, so you got to throw the ball. Brock Purdy didn't make a mistake. McCaffrey ran the ball well. Debo ran the ball. They've just ran the ball really well. I mean, you look at the look at the two hundred six yards passing, one hundred fifty nine yards rushing. <clears throat> I mean, and you look at the Rams. The Rams had the ball more. The Rams had the ball more. They just you know they had they had, they committed two turnovers. And it just happens, you know, against this 49ers team. you got to play really good football to beat this 49ers team. That defense is so stout to the point. Now we're going to talk about the defense in the NFL that argues with the 49ers being the best, the, the Cowboys versus the Jets. Here's my takeaways. The Cowboys' defense has speed at every position. Dak Prescott played lights out. They played really well. That being said, the New York Jets need a quarterback. That's all they need. They've got talent on both sides of the, the ball. Zach Wilson. I said last week, if you put this kid, if you get rid of this kid now and bring somebody in, you're going to kill this kid's confidence. The kid went 12 of 27 for 70 yards, a touchdown, three picks. He is garbage. He is god awful. The dude is horrible you got to get rid of him. He doesn't look well. He don't look like he takes it serious. You see him on the side when he overthrew Garrett Wilson. He had Garrett Wilson in the corner. He overthrew it, And he just made that quick pick like, well, I overthrew him. Like, There's nothing funny about this, dude. You're, you're fine for the reason why. They brought in a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers to replace your ass for a reason. You were supposed to be the guy. You were the number two pick, and you haven't developed? Come on, man. Now, I know this is on the Jets. I get it's on the Jets for not developing them. But look at the talent they got. Bryce Hall at running back. They, Wilson at the Lazard. They've got talent. I mean, what do else do you want from this squad? Come on, man. Don't give me that bullshit. The Commanders against the Broncos. Uh, I will state this. I think the this is a game the Broncos lost, the Commanders won in my opinion. I also believe as my computer screen locks up on me. Let me sign back in here. I also believe that the, the commanders make plays. Defensively, they made plays. Russell Wilson, outside of the Hail Mary, he threw the Mims. His leading receiver was Cordell Sutton with 66 yards. There is no reason that. Look at this. Russell was 18 32, 308, three touchdowns and interception, was sacked seven times. He was running for his life. The Commanders, Sam Howell looks really good. 299 yards passing, two TDs, no interceptions. He was sacked four times. They ran the ball well with Robinson. Then you got McLaren, who did, played well. They got guys. And we got to realize, getting Chase Young back, Chase Young did not look like he he slowed down a bit. Montez Sweat ate as well. So that shows you how good this this team can be. Now, I think the Commanders are a team that's going to be fighting for they're not going to win their division, but they're going to be one of the three teams in the a- in the NS in the AFC East that I think can make the playoffs. I think the Cowboys, obviously, the-, the Eagles, obviously, and I think the Commanders. The Commanders have talent to do it. In the Sunday night game, the Dol- the Dolphins get the Patriots. It was a close game. Um, I'm not a fan of Mac Jones. I think that the that ship is sailed. Dolphins played well enough to win this game, and it shows. They ran the ball really well. Uh, Tyreek Hill didn't He got a touchdown But Jalen Waddle Four catches for 86 yards um, You know It just comes down To little things I think It was a tight game The two t- uh, It was a tight game In my opinion I mean you look at The time possession 30 minutes and 19 seconds To 29 minutes and 41 seconds The game was that close It was a hell of a Sunday night game And Miami got the win So Yeah So here's my recap My top three things I'm gonna give you my top five things that I loved and the top things that I'm concerned like last week. Number five on my list, I think the Atlanta Falcons defense is pretty good. I think their defense can win some games from and I think they compete for their division. Four, Seattle had a nice response from last week after getting demolished by the, the 49 uh, getting demolished by the Rams. Three, Lamar's offense looks really good. Two, I really believe that the 49ers are still the best team in pro football. And one, the Dallas Cowboys defense is, is probably the, the best defense in the national football league. Now, I will state this. The 49ers, I think, are a better overall team, but I think the Cowboys defense is just better. My five biggest negative things to worry about concerns. Matt Candy needs to be fired for the best Pittsburgh Steelers. It has to happen. That's number five. Four, uh, the, the New York Jets need a quarterback. Three, the Arizona Cardinals can't tank right. Two, <coughs> excuse me. Two, can the Indianapolis Colts teach Anthony Richardson the slide? Or he's gonna be in concussion protocol. We're gonna have another and they're gonna have another another Andrew Luck on hands? and one. The Arizona Cardinals came and tank right, and it's actually a tie. The Arizona Cardinals can't tank right, and the Chicago Bears are still horrible. Those are my five bigs so week three. Let's start with a Thursday. Let's start with a Thursday night game. I mean, let's start with it here. The Thursday night game, prime time. The Giants go on the road to San Francisco. The the 49ers are a 10-point favorite. I'm going to roll with the I'm going to roll with the Forty ers on this. I just think the 48 ers are good and they're going to win this in my opinion. I think they're going to win that game against the Giants and it's not even close in my opinion. I just really believe that the 49ers are going to win this win this game easily. And it's just a fact in my opinion, I just go with that. Um, the Bills go to the go, go to the Commanders, and I'm going to take on a limb here. I'm going to roll with the Commanders. I'm going to roll with uh, the Commanders win this game. Um, I'm going to take them. To, there are six. The Bills are six and a half point favorite, but I'm going to take Washington to the home game. I think they make a stand. They beat they beat the Buffalo Bills. And the Broncos take go to the road against the Dolphins and. The Broncos going to go 0-3. I think, I think Miami takes care of business. Denver's defense does not look really good, and that's a fact. And I'm really just going to roll with the Dolphins win this game. Chargers at Vikings. The two teams are 0-2 in the NFL. The two teams are the most surprising 0-2 teams. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to go with Minnesota getting the win here. I think the Chargers go 0-3. I'm going to go with Minnesota getting the win at home. And I just think the Chargers are going to struggle. And I think Brandon Staley's seat gets a little warmer, if you know what I mean. The Ravens against the Colts. The Ravens against the Colts. Minshew may not be playing. So that's a problem, for obviously, for a lot of reasons. And I just think so. Excuse me one moment real quick. Sorry about that guys I can't really Pause this On this uh, GarageBand app And just start over again With the editing process For some reason I had to stop Somebody was at my front door knocking on the door Um. Then again uh, Back to what I was saying um, Colts and Ravens I'm going to go with The Ravens at home I just take the Colts Without Anthony Richardson They don't have a chance John Taylor still not playing So I got to go with The Ravens I get the win Falcons on the road Against the Lions And you know what I'm going to take the Falcons To get the win here The Lions go one and two I think the Falcons get the win on the road. Jets at the Patriots. I'm going to roll with the Patriots. I just think the Patriots get a win on the road, on the home, a home, a home win against the Jets. I expect a low scoring game, nothing too shabby at all. The Saints go on the road against the Packers. Uh, I'm going to take Green Bay with a win. I think Green Bay gets a win there. Texans uh, against the Jaguars, and I'm going to go with the Jaguars at home. Texans are horrible titans on the road against the browns i think i'm gonna pick it's gonna be a low i think it'll be a low scoring game i don't trust ryan tannehill against this this that front line against the cleveland browns and i'm gonna say i'm gonna take cleveland in a low scoring game i think they win carolina goes on the road seattle carolina is horrible they're gonna go 0 and three in this one seattle gets a win the bears going the road against the chiefs chiefs take care of business the Cowboys on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Cowboys should win this one big. Eagles on uh, then the, we, that that and then uh, of course the, we got the two Monday night games. Obviously, we're talking about Steelers last. The two Monday night games: Eagles at Tampa Bay and the Rams at the Bengals. I'm going to take, in my opinion, and this is where I'm going. I think this Eagles-Tampa Bay game is going to be back and forth. But I also, and I'm not knocking. Right, here we go with the Baker Mayfield hate. I think Baker Mayfield is going to have be brought down back to reality. And I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Eagles getting a win here. Um, the Rams against the Bengals. I'm gonna say the Rams. I just think Cincinnati they're a two point favorite, but Burrow's not playing. I think the Rams get a win here, and I think they go two and one. Now let's talk about the Sunday night game, which is the which is the Pittsburgh Steelers against the will also Raiders. The Raiders are two and a half point favorite. I expect the, this to be a really close game. The Raiders and the Steelers, and we know that if you know football history in the '70s, you know exactly where I'm going with with the '70s and '80s. The AFC was basically confirmed solid was 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 solid with the Ra- was was solidified with the Raiders and Steelers rivalry. I mean, the AFC championship games they ought to know it. But I think I'm going to roll with the Steelers. I think the Steelers get a win here. And I think they beat the Raiders, and I think they go two and one. I think they can get a win here. I expect. I for some reason I think either this I think the defense is just going to come to play. I think they can get to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they can stop Jacob uh, Josh Jacobs in the backfield. My biggest concern is we got Devontae Adams and the worry about, but Hunter Renfro is a really good receiver too. So, that being said, it's a first row game for the Steelers. I like to go two and one. I could see us losing this game, but I'm gonna roll with faith and I'll say the Steelers get the win here. I think it's just gonna be a tough, tough win for us. But I mean, the Raiders are not that good, but we should win this game. So that's my uh, week three, week two recap of the NFL. Now let's talk about some college football. Let's get all the way out of the way. Let's talk about the Louisville Cardinals. Let's just get, the, let's just get the Louisville Cardinal game out of the way. Let's talk about the Louisville. Cardinals. Let's just talk about the Louisville Cardinals. And I think it's just. Louisville got a win. They were up 21-0 against Indiana. Shut out the second half, didn't come out to play. We're flat. They got a win, though. Um, My opinion is this. I just look at Louisville and Indiana and go, you can see the difference of athleticism on the defensive side of the ball. You look at Indiana's offense, they've got weapons. I don't understand this. Why doesn't Indiana put money into their football program? Why don't the boosters and the alumni go to the athletic department in Indiana and go, hey, we got a good chance. we got a solid foundation of football pieces. Can we do something? Their quarterback, I want to talk about this. Their quarterback, uh, Jackson, Trevese Jackson, I think his name is, 24-34, 299. He played really well. You know, he threw the pick, but he threw threw a touchdown. He, He was the reason why they got back in this game. Now, Louisville, Jake Plummer. 13-23, 13 to 23, 238, threw a touchdown and an interception. Here's the thing. That um, <clears throat> that, um interception he threw was a deep ball to, to Coleman, and Coleman dropped that ball, and it wasn't it wasn't his fault. But I will say this, Jaws Jordan looked really good. Thrash looked good. I thought in Spots Guerrero looked good. Offensively, We the Louisville has weapons. I also think that they have a really good foundation on defense. we got to get to the quarterback. That's the problem that worries me. But a win is a win. They played two neutral site games in the first three games of the year. They played in Atlanta and then Indianapolis. So, I mean, a win's a win, y'all. They got Boston College this week, and I'll give you my thoughts on that. Going through week three, Colorado, Colorado State. All right, let's just talk about this real quick and get this out of the way. There weren't a lot of big games didn't talk about. There were a lot of games to just make you go, all right, like this was a big one, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, Florida beat Tennessee. There was a fight with that one. Alabama's quarterback struggling is, was was noticeable. But there was nothing there that made you just go, okay, this is a big one. This was a big one. Colorado and Colorado State was the biggest in college football this week, this was a bad week. Three was actually really bad. This is one of the worst college football weeks I've had. I've seen in a long time, and I've watched some. I mean, I'm just saying it from standpoint. It was a good game. I thought it, Colorado came out, did not play. They didn't. They thought they were going to blow out Colorado State. Colorado State was in this game. That being said, I look at this and go. I know we talk about. Um, I know we talk about. Um, um uh, the hit we talk about the hit let's talk about the hit on Travis Hunter was it a dirty play yes it was and I believe the guy should have been thrown out of the game he wasn't thrown out of the game Hunter's gonna be out for four weeks to reporting it sucks Colorado does have athletes at all positions I think they'll be fine they got one of the best quarterbacks in the country maybe the best best player in the best best, ugh, best player in the country now I will state this <clears throat> as I go through my week my week four predictions, you can't come out and play... I know Colorado State is a rivalry, you guys. I get it. But there's no reason why... There's no reason they should not have been blown out in this game. Colorado State's horrible, and they put 35 points on Colorado. Yes, I get it's a rivalry game, but come on. Let's be honest. They should have won that game. But they had a 20-point spread for a reason. They should have covered it. They didn't play well, and they went to double overtime with this team. So there are some concerns. But that being said... Let's just go ahead and get into Week Four. So, first off, I'm going to talk about Louisville and Boston College. Louisville's a 14-point favorite. The over and under is four, four, 54 and a half, three thirty Saturday, three thirty ACC Network. We'll be going over with my dad's or Adrian's baseball games to watch to watch it. I think Louisville. Obviously, I'm going to roll with Louisville at home. Boston College is a lot better than what people look on their record, but I think Louisville takes care of business, I and mean, we owe Boston College one anyway. So, I think Louisville gets Boston College, and this and they go four and Now, let's talk about the top 25. Florida State at Clemson. Part that's a noon game. Part of me wants to say Clemson has a chance. Obviously they got a chance. It's a home game, but I'm just gonna roll at Florida State. I'm gonna roll at Florida State getting a win against Clemson, and that's where I'm gonna go. And all of him, I forgot. I forgot to mention Scott Satterfield, Cincinnati. How does it feel to drop a game against Miami, Ohio, and you got people in Cincinnati wanting your ass fired? It's fucking great, ain't it? So, the next game on the list, Cincinnati's uh, got a home game against Oklahoma, and I think Oklahoma's going to beat the living shit out of Cincinnati, and I'm going to stay and leave it at that. Rutgers at Michigan. Both teams are 3-0. Michigan is a 24-point favorite. I think it'll be close early, but I think Michigan pulls away middle of the third quarter. Duke, I'm, the, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Colorado at Oregon. Col- Oregon is a 21-point favorite. I think Colorado's going to cover that, but I'm going to take Oregon in the win. Duke, their first true road game. It's gonna be a rough one without Hunter. Duke on the road against Yukon. I think Duke wins this one. It should Miami on the road against Temple? I'll take Miami. Mississippi State versus Alabama. Alabama's a Mississippi, uh, I'm sorry, Ole Miss versus Alabama. Alabama's a seven-point favorite. I'm gonna roll I'm gonna be roll tight on this one. I think my Alabama gets a win. Their quarterback struggles worry me. Lane Kiffin has a hell of an offense, but I think Alabama gets a win here. UCLA on the road against Utah. I'm going to go with Utah. I think Utah's got a damn good defense, and I think they can slow down uh, UCLA. Tennessee should bounce back. LSU at, uh, at home game against Arkansas. LSU should take care of that. Florida getting the first, back in the top 25 They're 2-1. Hell, they're 2-1. They should get a win. Oregon at Washington State. Top 25 matchup. Top 21 matchup, actually. I'm going to go with Washington State. Iowa on the road against Penn State. I think Penn State wins. And then the big ones, the Sunday night game that everybody is talking about. Saturday night game talking about Ohio State at Notre Dame. Ohio State's a three-point favorite. I'm gonna take a swig of water real quick. I am not a huge fan of Ohio State. It's a personal reason with that. And I'll leave it at that. Notre Dame against uh Notre Dame against uh, Notre Dame at home. I'll be honest with you, I ain't a Notre Dame fan. Never have been, never will be. That being said, I want Louisville to win against Boston College and at NC State next week, and I want Notre Dame to win this game against Ohio State. And the following week, they got at Duke. I want Notre Dame to win both those games because I want both teams being five and zero. Because I want a night a nighttime game at Louisville that Saturday. So that being said. I'm rolling with Notre Dame in this one. Texas on the road against Baylor. Baylor is a 1-2 team. They're a lot better than what they look, but I'm going to go with Texas. Georgia should beat UAB. North Carolina on the road against Pitt. Pitt is struggling right now, so I think North Carolina gets to win there. Washington against Cal, I'll go with Washington. And USC on the road against Arizona State, I think it's there's, they should beat Arizona State. So there's no big upsets, I think, to watch out for. I just think, you know – I just expect just the same uh, the same pairing in this. Nothing too crazy this week in college football. Now, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about Louisville basketball real quick. Louisville's schedule has been announced. It was announced this past week. And I'm going to pull it up for you guys real quick. Oh, by the way, since we're talking about Louisville basketball, what could have been? This is from 35K Y Sports. The Trent Flower point guard experiment in aladdin is over. Flower, excuse me. The Flowers, the former little basketball pit stop wing, and the MBL MBLs 36ers have agreed to move to the wing will be more beneficially. The 36ers are now targeting an important import playmaker. <laughs> and like I quoted this on Facebook, shared this. <laughs> laugh emojis good job by his parents if you know them then you know hashtag go cards be careful this is what happens when the parents get involved in the kid's life and they want to tell the kid where to go the man went to four different high, the kid went to four different high schools in four years or three years however whatever it was he went to four different high schools and I will continue to say this and I will continue to say this shit as I pull up the uh as I pull up the global schedule. And as I'm looking it I will say this. Kenny Payne was right in the long run, but not fucking pressuring the thing and making him stay. He basically said, You know what? It is what it is. You know what? This is what happens when you get parents involved that tell the kid, oh, the grass is greener here, son. Let's go get this bag. 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 And once again, Kenny Payne was right about that. Not once again, excuse me. Kenny Payne was right. He didn't kiss this kid's ass. The kid thought he was going to be a point guard. He went, "You, how the hell do you think this is going to work? You commit to University of Louisville as a junior out of high school. You're going to be a senior this year. coming in, So you commit a year earlier. You go to Louisville where you know you're going to play with the wings they got and the ability to play the ball off the wing. There's going to be multiple ball handlers. You want to be a primary point guard. Why? you Remember when the media tried to spin it, that the whole Eli Ellis and Scott Clark thing? How does that make y'all look right now? Anybody want to apologize for that? Making false accusations like you were? Like the Louisville media has sat there for the last year and a half and ran their fucking mouth? Calm down, showboat. You're getting off-tangent. No, nah, I'm just fucking fed up with it. Because you know what? This point is ridiculous. I've been quiet on Twitter because I'm not going back with Keep Boy wards, Warriors. I'm not running my mouth. I'm going to say what I want to say right here, and it's my fucking podcast. I'll say it. Does the media have a point to criticize Kenny Payne and the staff? Yes. But the limitations they go through every single fucking thing. Truly Donavi put an article out two weeks ago that Jerome Tang is going to be the next, basically the next coach at the University of Louisville when Kenny Payne is let go this offseason. Then somebody in the Cardinal Connect, uh, group thing, alumni thing, Cardinal Thornton, whatever it is, it's a toxic wasteland, said that he is close to the university and heard a source that Kenny Payne's going to be gone. They can start 10 His quote was, and I remember this, they can go 10-0 this year, but Kenny Payne is already checked out. Do you know how fucking retarded that sounds? How stupid that sounds? Does, does that, you? Do you guys grasp how stupid and ignorant that sounds? Like, God almighty, how does that? How does that grasp with you guys? Can somebody sit there, listen to the show, and actually sit there and say, "Do you really believe what you just read?" And I mean, what you just said? They can go ten and zero this year, but he's already checked out. He's already checked out. It's going to be on the players They're tough and grit to win this year. Well, no shit. It's got to be down to players. Players got to play, and coaches got to coach. Jesus Christ! The ignorance that this fan base used to be so fucking smart. <sighs> That being said, Louisville's schedule came out. They got the red and white scrimmage. Then they got the two exhibition games against Simmons College and Kentucky Wesleyan. They should blow both those games out. The first game of this year is November 6th against UMBC. I will be there. I plan on it. November 10th against Chattanooga. Number 15, uh, November 15th, Copa State. Then they got the two games up in New York City where they played Texas, UConn, and then they'll face the winner or loser of the UConn and Indiana game. They got New Mexico State, Bellarmine, which I hope we beat the shit out. We got a road game at DePaul, Arkansas State, Pepperdine, and then Kentucky. That is a uh, schedule where Louisville should win eight to ten games. They should. I think they're better than what they're getting credit for, and it's a fact. Louisville's going to turn this. I believe Kenny Payne's going to do the right thing. Now, we want to talk about this, um, this point guard, 2024 point guard Brandon Jennings. Not Brandon Jennings that played that played at uh, Milwaukee. But it's a kid that uh, has got some offers from some really no-name schools with St. Mary's, VCU, Colorado State, a handful of others. Louisville's really his first big big Power 5 conference offer, I think, at this point, if you like to call it. But I will say this. He's a six foot five point guard or six foot four lefty point guard. Somebody, and I saw the highlights of this kid. This kid has some game. He's a lot. He's he's a lot better than what Fabio was. We took a chance, but I will state this: I think it's one of those roles. They say a diamond in a rough, and they're going to bring this kid in. I think he's going to come in for a visit, and I think he's going to commit to Louisville. And I think that's what they're going to do. Now, people are making a big deal because they're not. Now people was people was uh people were sitting out here saying, well, he's not he's not ranked. This is BS, blah 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 blah. Look. And I mean this wholeheartedly. I don't really believe, in my opinion, that you can sit there with a straight face and tell me that you don't believe that Kenny Payne's going to land somewhere remember when people say I was told Kenny Payne's going to pick a five star talent well four win season was supposed to happen guys Kenny Payne was supposed to come in all and have an impact but the ruling had an effect on us it is what it is it affected us I don't care what anybody says Ethan Moore and all those other guys on the radio the Louisville media sorry I I apologize Ethan, not to throw your name in this all the Louisville media that had that been reporting that it doesn't matter People are also in their feelings that Kenny won't give the media a talk, won't even speak to him. Why would he? He went to John Rostein's podcast and went on there and talked to him. Why would he go anywhere else? He went on Rostein's podcast to give an interview. The media, well, it's BS. It should have let the fans know what's going on. Look, man, I don't want to know anything. Stop talking. Get to work. I want to win. I don't care about talking. Let's win. Plain and simple. Well, if it could be 10-0, check out. <laughs> what the fuck? Fucking ignorant. Stupid. Fucking stupid. That being said, I like the scheduling. I think it's a soft schedule. We should win some games. Plain and simple. A lot better season. I think they can win some games. Now, let's talk a little uh, wrestling talk as we're going to end the show on that. And I got to talk about my YouTube channel. And then we're going to get out of here. So, here's the thing. First things first, let's talk about Jay Cargill leaving AEW. And what other 5'10 wrestlers I would sign to WWE. Here's my opinion on this. As I read my notes out loud. Jay Cargill has been rumored that she is finishing up and she is going to WWE. I am a Jay Cargill fan. I think she has money. I think she has potential to be a big star in this industry. Her look, her presence, she his, her work is solid. It's not the best. Her going to WWE and getting her skills Paul, she is ready. I don't care what anybody says. You cannot look at that woman and say she's not money. She is. Not to me, women walk around this planet look like her. Her statue, her the way her she's cut up and ripped and how strong and how physically she looks. To me, that is just everything in this world that I believe she's money, and I can't wait to see what she does. That being said, where are the five? That being said, she's one of the people I think should, would benefit going to the PC, working out and going. Would I put her in developmental? I would not because she's been on television, but I don't blame her if they did. I think she goes to the main roster. She makes immediate impact. So I was sitting there thinking today, and we got a couple top ten rankings I'm going to talk about, but what are some wrestlers that I would want to sign to WWE? And I'm going to go with five of ten wrestlers that I would sign in a heartbeat. And I came up with 10 that I would think the WWE should go after. And I went—I didn't go tag teams but because I think that's a separate list. But a single competitors that I would sign. And I'm going to start from the bottom from 10 to 1. Being 10 the lowest but still a priority but number 1 being the highest and the, the biggest priority. So number 10 I went with Britt Baker. I think Britt Baker is a great promo. I think her work in the ring is not the best. But I feel like if she went to WWE and showed up I think she would have a good opportunity to make some things happen. She can talk. Britt Baker can talk. Her work at the best but she can talk. Number 9 I went with Killer Kelly. Obviously of Impact Wrestling, part of the And by the way, shout out to Impact Wrestling. They're doing a fantastic job. I think Killer Kelly is a hellacious uh talent. I think she has a unique ability. I think she's very uh she has that kind of evil sense. Sadistic side character tour. I think Killer Kelly can be a really good talent in WWE. I think her, her she can be a really good gimmick, like somebody sick and twisted as a heel. I like it. Number eight, I went with Alex Hammerstone of MLW. If you don't know who Alex Hammerstone is, look him up. Six three six two, built like a, a Greek god. Good physique, good talent. I think Alex is a money draw, and I think he can benefit. Number seven, I went with Moose of Impact Wrestling. Six two, six three, good size, good ability in the ring. Six when Ricky starts, aka a rock ripoff. Just kidding, just kidding, but it's true. Uh, Ricky Starks is a hell of a talent. I think in the right, he's a little small, but I think he's he can talk on the microphone and he can get his point across. I think he's money. Number five is Will Hobbs. One of the we're going to, the next two guys on this list. We talk about bad booking, but Will Hobbs I think is a great is a talent that just needs the right booking around him. He's a he's a monster. He looks like a badass, and I I think Hobbs is is a guy that I would roll with. Number four is Wardlow. Anybody knows me knows I'm a Wardlow fan. His booking has been atrocious, but I think if he goes WWE, he could be money. Number three. Josh Alexander, the walking, the walking, what was it, they call him the walking weapon in Impact. One of the best technical wrestlers out there has a great ability in the ring. I think he would be really good in WWE. I love to see him make make a jump and go. I think he'd be a great talent. Number two is Jacob fought Jacob fought hands down one of the one of the best athletes out there on the independents. Part of that Samoan bloodline can do anything he wants in the ring. And in my opinion, he can just do anything he wants. And it's a fact. Jacob Fatu is a beast. And he needs to be in WWE. And number one, I want MJF. Obviously, MJF is the guy that I would love to uh, see in WWE. Great promo, great athleticism, and it matters the most. Excuse me one quick, real quick, guys. Excuse me one more. Apologies, y'all. I had to get up again on that one. My dog was barking like a motherfucker. Well, my kid's dog. But MJF, I think. So my top 10, MJF, Jacob Fatu, Josh Alexander, Warlow, Will Hobbs, Ricky Starts, Moose, Alex Hammerstone, Keller Kelly, Britt Baker. Those are 10. Now, and I saw this little topic. And another thing, I want to talk about the Rock and Roman Reigns rumors, too. Look, some people are making a bigger deal than what is. it is. There's a guy that's on... Sirius XM He does a show With Bully Ray Tommy Dreamer Mark Henry But he went off Went completely off On The whole Rock and Roman rumors About how It's disrespectful to business WWE doing that It's disrespectful to Cody No it's not They had a plan in place That Rock was going to come And it fell through That being said I would love to see The Rock and Roman WrestleMania next year I'd rather see Cody finish The story Quote unquote. But It's about business Endeavor by WWE is about one thing, money, money, and that's the facts. It is what it is. Now, uh, that being said, get off that for a little bit, but here's the thing. I, there's a wrestler, a former professional wrestler who has a, tie, a, a show. His name is Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel had a, a thing where they are talking about Greatest world champions ever. And he gave a top five list. And I sat there and said, you know what? Maybe I'll do this weekly, these little top five, ten rankings. But I came up with my top ten pro wrestlers that never won a world title or world championship. I came up, and I had 15, but I could sell it at the ten. And I gave uh, ten. And I gave ten as a... as I put I forgot to put one more in there But it's done um, I came up with 15 So I sold But I came up with 10 And five honorable mentions Now the fact is If you were A WWE world champion WWF WWWF Territory days NWA WCW ECW AWA world champion You're disqualified from this So my five My first of the honorable men, I got five honorable mentions And here were their Honorable mentions I came up with Wahoo McDaniels who was territorial wise one of the greatest wrestlers, a greatest chop in the history of wrestling, one of the greatest Indian wrestlers to ever wrestle, and was a badass. Wahoo would have been a good world champion. Ray Stevens, the original you know the classic turnbuckle bump that Rick Flair and um, Shawn Michaels did. Ray Stevens invented that Ray was at time the best worker in the business for a 20, 20 year 15, 20 year period. And of course, Ray uh, just Ray was just uh, he was a great worker. There's not a lot of footage out there about him, but if you read about him, you knew the money he drew in the 60s in San Francisco and that territory of Pat Patterson and the stuff he did in the AWA with Nick Bockwinkel and Bobby Heenan. He would have been a good world champion. And actually, uh, the other one, another one I came up with, the next one I came up with was Nikita Koloff. Now, look, Nikita wasn't the best worker in the world. I know that, but he had in the 80s with that good size and. The good size and the the rushing nightmare gimmick with, um, of course, <clears throat> with the whole um, with Ivan Koloff in his corner. I think if they were in the, like the, the Crockets, he was never going to win the world title because of Ric Flair in the '80s and Dusty Rhodes and the other guy I got here on my arm will mention that was going to get the belt. But we know what happened when I announced his name and what happened. And Ronnie Garvin got the world title, which I'll never understand. But um, if he was in the WWF at the time against Hogan. I think he it would Ivan Koloff. It would have been a cool gimmick to see Nikita Koloff, the Russian Nightmare, win the world title against Hogan and get a run with like get a little six month run. I think you could have done it. You think you could have passed the torture, but back then they didn't do that. But I'm saying like it was just fancy wise, the next guy on my list, and I just named this guy right here and right now, which is what name was Magnum T A, because um, that was the guy I was saying that like when it got God, but we know what happened that, that the car accident. Magnum T A was. The NWA's response, Jim Promotions' response to what Hulk Hogan was doing up in New York. Magnum T.A. was everything in the 80s from, 80, from 85 to 86 to his car accident. Magnum T.A. was the guy. He was going to get the world title from Ric Flair. Down the line, he was going to win it. And unfortunately, we all know what happened. He got hurt in that car wreck and he never wrestled again. And my last name, and this might shock some people, but a guy that never got a world title because he was a tag team guy, because there are a lot of fans out there who will nod their head, Road Warrior Hulk. Here's why, Road Warrior Hawk would have been a good World Champion. He would have been. Hawk could work. He could talk on a microphone. If, but the problem was he was stuck in the Road Warrior gimmick, and he had his demons. Everybody knows, God rest. Hawk, so he's no longer with us. But Hawk could have been bigger than what he was he could have been a world champion he could have been Hawk could work with a lot of guys he was a better worker of him and animal obviously and there's not a knock against animal animal had a great career i'm just saying it's truth Hawk could have been world champion so my top 10 and these are my top 10 number 10 i went with brian pillman i think brian not a as, i think as a babyface chasing the world title in the, what he was the flying Brian gimmick, but then it becomes the loose cannon gimmick after he wins it and becomes a heel and having a babyface chase him. I think Brian could have been a really good world champion. I know his size was issues, but Brian for the time he would have, he, he could have worked because he could talk. Brian could talk for a guy's size. He he was the he was the one in monopoly. Number nine, Owen Hart. Owen could have been a world champion. Anybody knows it. I think anybody knows that he would have been a really good world champion. See back then if I hate to say back in my day But back then The world title didn't switch as often as it does now I know Roman has held the belt for a while And other exceptions But Yeah I would roll with uh, I really believe that That Owen Hart Has got a good chance I think Owen would have been a good world champion Number 8 Number 8 I'm going to go with the British Bulldog David Boy Smith Absolutely, I think British Bulldog Davey could have been a world champion. The one thing that held Davey back was he couldn't talk. He was not the best talker in the world, but I think, and also you could not work his system. I mean, you, you Davey had long times working long programs people because he wasn't really good on the microphone, and that's been well documented. He was in a great tag team with the British Bulldogs. I mean, he had a good heel run in the late 90s, the mid, late 90s in the WWF. Um, he hurt his back in WCW real bad. Everybody knows that. And he passed away. I think it was a 2002, 2003. Three, passed away. He's been dead for over 20 years, unfortunately. But the Bulldog would have been a good world champion, I think. Number seven, this is from my era, the guys, but I'm going to go William Regal. William Regal, Steve, Regal, whatever you want to call him. He's a man. Any way you want to call him. Regal could have been a world champion. Could talk, could work his ass off, was believable. Could have been a great world champion, in my opinion. And Regal's is very slept on. Now the top six, this can go either way. These guys went back for but number six, I went with Roddy Piper, and some people will be shocked I had him that low. Could Roddy talk? Yes. Could Roddy get heat? Yes. Was Roddy one of the all-time greats? Yes. The one thing that was going to hold Roddy Roddy back for me, the same principle with Road Warrior Hawk, no, with Nikita Koloff. Not comparing it to him, just saying in general, Roddy's work in the ring was not that great. Roddy was not the greatest working world. Now people say, well, "What about Hogan? Hogan was six foot five, six, 300 pounds, jack the goes." Roddy was small for that time. Roddy was considered a small guy in that era, and that was a fact. And I appreciate the text, Barry, but I cannot talk right now. <laughs> but that's what I would say. That's what I would go with number six, top five. Number five, I want Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake could be a great world's champion as a heel. As a guy, as a heel with that that the whole snake gimmick of being sneaky and being evil, Jake could definitely be that guy. He could have done it in a heartbeat. I think, but Jake also has been—you know—Jake's has problems. But Jake could work, and Jake's psychology would be great for world title matches. Number four, guy that from my era, people would absolutely say is number one, Scott Hall. Scott is probably the guy on this list that probably deserved it. But unfortunately, Scott's issues were like Jake's with substance abuse. And unfortunately man, just you know, Scott's no longer with us, and I hate that. But it's the it's the truth. Unfortunately, Scott could have been a big, big, big help, and uh, could have been a good world's champion and good talker, good worker. And remember, Scott Hall was six six was what six five six 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 seven. He's two hundred. He was in great shape always. Had a great look. Scott could talk his ass off. Scott could go. And I really think it would have been a really, really cool thing to see Scott Hall as a world champion. And top three, and these were no-brainers for me, but you can argue whatever you want. Number three, I want Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. Paul easily could have had a run in the 80s as a heel like Hogan did. Not not as long-term, but could have had a run for a year like that. Paul Orndorff could work. He could talk his ass off. He had a great look. You had Bobby Heenan with him. I mean, Paul could have been a good world champion, and Paul Orndorff was tough. You had no, you didn't have to worry about people fucking with Paul because Paul could whoop your ass. Paul Orndorff was tough. I mean, there's a story about him and Vader getting a locker room fighting. y'all can go look that story up. Number two, these were my top two easily. Number two went with Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase should have been a W, should have been a world champion. Um, there's reasons why he didn't get it, and just. Backstage booking and issues of always and bat and timing too. Ted could have been, Ted could have been a great NWA's world champion. He could have been a great WWF champion. The Million Dollar Man gimmick was awesome, but of course we all know Ted DiBiase didn't get the world title. He's always the one like Ted DiBiase never got a world title. But my number one, and I know some people are gonna say make a little comment, but I'm gonna go with Rick Rude. Here's the thing: there was a time where WW had that international heavyweight title. And I get there. Everybody says, "Well, that was his world title." Rick Rude, that world title, that that heavyweight title in WWE was never recognized as a world championship. It was just recognized as a belt, a a heavyweight title. It wasn't recognized by the world or anything else, so it does not count. Rick Rude is my number one. You cannot tell me Rick Rude is a heel with the talk, the the sweat hogs, the look, the physique, the work rate, the believability. You don't think Rick Rude? Could've been a great world champion. Rick Rude would've drew money for ages, and in my opinion, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I love me some Rick Rude. I always have loved Rick Rude. God, in my opinion, and he's got it's the greatest body in the history of wrestling, physique wise. I mean, it's not even close. Didn't have no fucking legs. His legs were small, but upper body wise, he was fucking ripped. And yeah, so he was on steroids. Doesn't matter. Everybody, everybody was on the gas back then. Doesn't matter. You still got to put the work in to get that shit. So as I before I must show, guys, I want to talk about. Um, this one thing and i'm going to say the youtube channel i have been promoting it on my facebook and social media accounts my tiktok everything and i am very very excited that this youtube channel is is going to happen october 1st launch date i just got more equipment in i've got my my i got my mic i got my stand up over here my um my my um my placement for my phone came in. My audio equipment is my microphones. I got a terabyte, a gigabyte. I got my terabytes over here, hooked up. Um, just getting the process down and the editing thing is gonna be the issue, but it's gonna be rocking and rolling. I will have more, and I will have in a video of uh, October first. I will just let you know the first video of the YouTube channel will be. Just an introduction of what this channel is going to be about and everything else. And then I will go from there. But that being said, this podcast ain't going to change. It might not be a weekly thing if it becomes, becomes too much. And I might have to pull back a little bit on this. Maybe I might just, you never know, you know what going to happen. But I will know one thing. The YouTube channel is something I've always wanted to do. And I'm very excited to bring it to you. And it's going to be a good time. That being said, guys, as I close this show with another long episode of Conversation with Shelby Green, sit back and enjoy the weekend. And just remember one thing. I don't bullshit, I just tell it like it is. Straight up, have a good one, y'all.